Welcome to Natalia Benson, the podcast. I'm an astrologer, women's empowerment coach, and modern mystic living in Los Angeles. My podcast is here to inspire, encourage, and remind you that everything and anything is possible. I love sharing with you the tools that have healed, transformed, and up-leveled my life. Everything from astrology to magical money, life purpose tools, mindset shifts, and pragmatic mysticism. Thank you so much for being with me, and I look forward to seeing you in the show. Hi, beauties. Welcome to another episode of Natalia Benson, the podcast. I am so deeply honored that you are here. Thank you, as always, for joining me. And if you are brand new and you've never uh, caught an episode, welcome. And thank you so much for giving this uh, this podcast an exploration. I'm super happy to have you. So first things first, you guys are in for such a treat today. I have the magnificent Jill Willard on the show today. We are talking all things Aquarian age, spiritual work, how the brain works, how the nervous system works, how this relates to to spirituality, which I don't know if you guys like geek out on that as much as I do, but I absolutely like... Jill is an absolute wellspring of knowledge. She's so gracious. She is so real and grounded. And she is an Aquarian badass through and through. So Jill is actually a gifted intuitive, a medium, and a leader in the meditation space. Jill has a book called Intuitive Being, and she has been featured on Goop, Women's Health Online, Mind Body Green, and many other places, and also is endorsed by the wonderful Deepak Chopra. So she is just magnificent. You guys are going to love her. And she just keeps it real. She's like, although like deeply intuitive and very, very soulful, she's just grounded in what is going on. She is grounded in her activism and just how to be a spiritual force on this planet while she's here. And She's wonderful. So I'm really, really honored that I got to have her and I'm really excited to hear how you guys enjoy this episode. I'm going to have like full transparency with you. I last night I had hypnotherapy with Nikki Cosmo and we're working on me releasing people pleasing. I don't know if any of my Venus and Pisces babes are out there. Uh, Jill, I felt personally called out in the best way by Jill because she talked about empaths and like people pleasing and codependency. And I was like, fucking A, she's like speaking my, all my shit right now. But, um, I worked on that last night with Nikki and I fell asleep so early and ended up waking up at 5am this morning. And I feel, I felt incredible. I actually got an entire chapter of my book done, which was awesome, but holy moly, I didn't, I was like, oh yeah. And I have like a busy day today. So I've actually re-recorded this intro like 60,000 times because I literally said, I'd mean to say a word and then another word would come out. So God bless, God bless us all. Um, last thing, my angels that I'm very, very deeply excited about before I, toss you into this incredible episode. And I know so many of you are so fascinated about the Aquarian age and we are like full in. Like, I always think it's interesting when people 
say maybe we're not i'm like no we're very in there's just like so many things going on that like the democratizing of the internet and business to me that is so aquarian we are experiencing especially 2020 the epitome of the energetics at least like just really coming forward with what absolutely must change um and some of like the chaos which is a shadow expression of Aquarian energy, but through that chaos births order. And I'm not going to go into a tangent because Jill handles it in this episode. But last thing before we dive in, my angels, very simply, uh, this coming Friday, I have a free masterclass where I will be guiding you through how to create and sell your own course. I know so many of you want to cultivate your own income stream online, and I am very fucking passionate about guiding um, anyone who would like to learn on how to not only share their wisdom, but create a uh, an empowering flow of monetization online. So that's like course creation has absolutely changed my life and I'm very passionate about it. At this point, I've created about 40 plus live and digital course and training experiences. And it is just such a joy and it is, like I said, it has transformed my finances. And not only that, it's like the money that I make feels so fulfilling because getting to share what I've experienced and then have that be a monetization pillar in my business, like to me, that is the greatest. So if you want to come and learn in this free 90 minute masterclass, create and sell your course, make sure to jump into the show notes and RSVP. I will have limited spaces and I have some very, very exciting announcements at the masterclass as well. Just some really cool stuff coming up and a certification that I'm unveiling around course creation. So make sure to join me, come and have fun with me next Friday. I know my Megan, my, my assistant, she's like, Friday, huh? I was like, yeah, like let's party. Let's like 5.30 p.m. PST, like let's do it. And if you have any course creation questions for me that you would like to just like run through, I am actually going to be doing a an IG live Monday, July 12th. And that will be for maybe 30, 40 minutes or so. And I will be answering all of your course creation questions, anything you have about online monetization. And a lot of you said that you were the thing that made you the most nervous about course creation was really was about it was in the selling and really putting yourself out there and owning what you know, and even sourcing what you know. So I'd love to see you at the Instagram live 4.30 PM PST on Monday. And then also make sure to RSVP for the free Friday masterclass. And I'll have the RSVP for the masterclass in the show notes. And like I said, there will be limited spaces for that. So definitely make sure to RSVP and join me. All right, you guys, I love you deeply as always. And thanks for always letting me give you my spiels. And, um, I endlessly appreciate your support and your willingness to just be on this path with me and do the work. And you guys are going to love Jill. Last note, I don't know what happened with my microphone in this. Um, Hopefully Alex, my amazing producer, can make it sound better. But I was like testing Jill's sound, making it sound beautiful. And then meanwhile, my sound was just sounded like shit. I was like, oh my God, like Natalia, I mean... 
technology producing all of these things. It's like, I wouldn't say it's my, it's not second nature. It's definitely something I'm continually evolving and learning. So love you guys forever and ever and ever. Enjoy this beautiful episode. And I look forward to seeing you on the other side and in the masterclass next Friday. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Jill Willard, welcome to the show, my love. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm so deeply honored to have you. Let's just dive right in. First, tell us a little bit about your story. You are an intuitive, a medium. You're a leader in the meditation space. You, your presence, I've, I've watched videos with you and you just have you know, I'm very tuned into the way things feel in my body, maybe known as an empath. And I just, when I feel you, it's just so grounding and softening. And I know you talk a lot about softening, but before I go on, just please share a bit of your story with us, some of your backstory and just where you are today. Oh, thank you, love. Um, well, it's a pleasure to be here today. I feel as you know, we're all deeply intuitive as you are and empathic and empathy is growing rapidly. So it's a joy. I will say it wasn't always that way. So when I came out now about 16 years ago, it was a very different field and horizon. Um, and I'm so grateful to be here now. So I inherited this. This is in my DNA and genes. That said, I get asked often, how did I keep it or grow it? And just, I think, staying true to myself, understanding the essence of adolescence and the essence of who we are, I hold on to that. So sometimes we call that the right brain or more the feminine. Um, it's a joy now that we're talking about it because over time it was, you know, pretty funny. <laughs> and um, I can look at it a joy now being in my 40s, definitely. But over time, it wasn't always that way. What's so magical, I'll say here, I think is that we've had such a change and an awakening in um, talking about what's going on internally. And I believe being intuitive is all internal. So as I grew that muscle or opened up to know that um, it was real and something I believe inside all of our brain in the front of the brain, it started opening up and I really learned how to move through that duality and not be in duality thinking, be in that more multisensory. So over the years, it just kept growing. And now it's at such a clear open space. And um, it's a joy to teach how to open through meditation or just being more of ourself and very importantly, telling the truth and being okay with being a little more authentic and brave, even if some relationships are going to shift and change. That is so beautiful. Why do you feel that we can struggle with being in our authenticity and trusting that subtle right brain feminine? Why is that so hard for us? I feel that is the most beautiful question, love, and so wise of you to ask it. I have chills. I truly believe that we've, we've learned not to trust it through patterning. It took me a long time to heal, which some of you will know from listening to my earlier things and speak. It took me a long time to heal that overly patriarch, almost patronizing way that we've all been born into and our mothers and fathers and all genders were born into over the generations. 
But I think we unlearn to be who we are because if we are following what we're told to do from a very young age, then we're not a threat. We're more a follower and we're not our own leader being authentic and being in our you know, own hero's journey of getting to age 11, 12, and then getting up into who we really are. The brain does this magical flush at age 17 that very few speak of that I remember feeling senior year in high school. And um, we can feel it sensually and sexually. We can feel it liberating. Um, but many didn't know what that was or had guidance by elders and adults. So we just kind of flushed right back into the status quo again. And I'll just say, lastly, being authentic makes us so diverse. And that's just so hard for a lot of people who want to lead with a lot of follow. So here we are now. I'm, I'm kind of freaking out, Jill, because when I was 17, I had a palpable experience of waking up into this other like awareness. I remember the moment that it happened and I broke up with my then boyfriend and it gives me chills actually, because, and this is why I'm, I was just so excited and I'm so honored to have you because as a very, you know, spiritually in tune being and someone who's been a practitioner for, you know, quite a while and just feel this so deep in my soul, my body, it's, it is so deeply healing to meet another soul who's been on the path for much longer. And also because you've been developing and awakening, you know, who you truly are at the spiritual level in a time where it wasn't easy to do so. Like even now there's still so much density, but it's lightened. Can you talk to us a little bit about that process? Yes, it's so beautiful. I had chills throughout too, and I'm working on not interrupting when I'm overjoyed. This is amazing. Um, what a conversation we're having. I firmly believe that our right brain or a more feminine part of all of us, non-gendered, is our nature. And if we can understand our nature, we start to work a lot more with our nature. And also, as you were speaking, the light came out, which I know you saw. Look at this glow because we're working with nature. So synchronicities and good luck and all that happens. But that is a choice not to be in such density. You said it so well. And um, I believe we're all made of matter and anyone can now prove this in both science and spirituality, but it's not this matter or that matter. It's not dense like our body and then ethereal like air. It's no othering. It's a flow, right? And once I understood getting in that gray was meaningful and then so many humans, often female or often ungendered, or I should say multi-gender, more the openness, um, we understand that there's all these shades of gray and all this fluidity and connection. The female brain is made different than the male brain. I've always known that intuitively, and I'm so overjoyed that now that's all coming through. So the journey was tough. I was known, I think you know, or some of you know, you know, I was a Sunday school teacher. I joke I'm all religions because I think they're about 96% the same. And I believe they're all in the root of organization and right system. So for those of you that understand energy centers, they're all red and that's all they are. What's interesting about religion and so much in our system and government and health is we make it about the othering. There's good and bad, right? That binary pull. And I knew as such an Aquarian not to be in that binary pool, but I didn't always have the confidence or the voice to say, wait a second, there's all this more gorgeousness in the center. So that's what I grew. 
And sometimes relationships, like I said, would fall off with certain family members or even with who I considered friends. But I realized that wasn't real friendship or love. Once you get up in the gut and up in the heart, you see this alchemy where it's all love and inclusion and exclusion is over. So once I got rid of all the X talk, (laughs) it grew rapidly. And I'll just say my body loved it. As you all know, our brain loves it, our nervous system, our parasympathetic nervous system. So then all of a sudden I was home in my body. And once that occurred, I knew there is nothing negative about this. It's a farce. We've been outsourcing all of our healing and pleasure and all of it. And it just started to regulate, you know, that yin yang, but also that alchemy. And um, there's just no negative effect. So, but that's really getting through the authenticity of your gut and your highest self-actualization, just meaning the healthiest part of your ego. So you also don't bypass because there's so much bypassing in our industry. And there's still so much, even in female, working from the old model. And um, so I've just gotten braver to share it because I know every human that centers and integrates feels a lot better and everything ripples out from there. And lastly, I'll just say owning our story and our mistakes are huge to say where we effed up or I'm sorry. And then the part B of what action can I do? Then it clears it. And I've seen that in readings for a couple decades now. And I realized no matter what we do, we can clear it and working with energy or nature and another is imperative. And we're really scared to do that, that intimacy or that working with. So that's the key, that integrating and becoming more one. Thank God. You're the greatest. Um, oh my God. I just got so excited. And like, I was like, wait, what do I ask? Like I had what I wanted. So I was just enraptured. I wonder if the magic that you just poured through Does this tie to brave bridging? What is brave bridging? Can you talk to us about that? I love you just asked that question and summed (laughs) it up. You know, bridging is a favorite word of ours. And for some, I don't want to butcher it where some have a definition that they feel is, you know, pretty authentic or clear. But the brave bridging all saying we use is the limbic system or the human part of the brain. And it's the reach out. And really realizing back to the beginning of our conversation, if we're in fear or we're judging the person like, oh, they're this and they're that, there's often three fingers back. Doesn't mean, I don't believe when you spot it, you got it all the time. It can also be you had experience with it. You had a parent who was that way, a lover who was that way. I don't think it's always you hold it. If if something's happened to you, it doesn't mean you did it or you deserved it. So that brave bridging is that reach out. It can be an olive branch, but can also be I don't even know what I want to say right now, but I know I've hurt you or I can tell you're hurt. Or can we just be quiet together and see what comes through somatically, you know, neck down. But the bridging I'll say for what we're talking about is a lot of the brain and the human part of the brain, the mammal and high mammal part of the brain. And most people aren't pinging there. It's what clears in meditation, the amygdala that's in it for the technical ones. But then it gets you to the front of that alchemy and synchronicity and psychic ability or just intuition, knowing what's my next career, what's my next big idea, and then doing it. That's also bridging that we have to act it. It needs to come through the brain and body. And for those that of us that believe in God and spirit, of course, believe whatever you believe, but the work with, we're the through, you know, the humans are the through. So I think that's the brave bridging. We can't sit back and wait for, you know, the universe or God to do it. The universe and God is also in us, through us, with us. 
however we want to look at it. So that brave bridging of inclusion and bringing in. So oh, beautiful listening. <laughs> oh, Jill. Oh my God. Like when we, okay, just, I just want to touch on this really quickly. I am obsessed with understanding the way, like, I feel like so much of your work and, and the way you're alchemizing and speaking is you're really bridging like the, the spirit, how the spirit intercepts with these like systems, these, the physical, like, can we just dive deep into that for a moment? Because like, for me personally, that is everything. I love understanding how the brain works. And as a very mystical, I like to say woo, just because I don't take myself too seriously, but it's like, like being that I'm like very into all this at a very intuitive level, like hearing and receiving that kind of wisdom and information, it just like anchors my practices and even more. So can you like go a little deeper with us around that? So brilliant, love. So brilliant. You just created the space for the way through or the bridging, you know, we teach, I taught an intuitive being in the book, the first book that I did um, through the energy centers, but you can make it through the steps in religion or the steps of evolution or maturity or age. So there are all different ways we actually wrote it so it can be accessible, but here's why I'm mentioning it. The way through or the step between physical and spiritual, you can call it the four aspects. You can call it, um, four parts, four bodies. Um, but what's so important is the intellectual and emotional piece. So you can look at it as an infinity sign and one side is emotion or energy emotion. And one side is our thoughts. And that is the way through. So even when people say, trust your heart, that's hard when I hear that. And I used to say it and I, I believe I'm so heart centered based, but the heart is so connected to that upper limbic, the gut, when we say the brain part in the gut is so connected to part of that limbic and, you know, the second brain in there, but they're connected. And if the way through is handling or facing your emotions and you can think of emotion as water. So is it high tide? Is it waves? Is it chill? Is it deep that way? But the flow, it's all rhythmic and connected. You can't unconnect it. We're made of so much water. So we can look at it that way and made of so much light. And the thoughts we have, we've been so trained in the lower parts of critical mind, which is critical, which is under that binary part of you're good, I'm bad, just so young. So can you bring it up and be like, and begin to witness? Witnessing is one of my favorite words. We call that the space between. It's a real term in the brain of can you witness your younger self, witness the past, witness your pattern, like look at me just do that again at a bar or with my body or with food or sabotage a phone call to someone I like. You know, we all do it. And can we laugh and say the witness? That's the through. Then you're more in whole brain and then you're connected to your executive thinking in front of that, which I believe is the intuitive where all your spirits and guides and angels are with you, all of it with you. And then you make this whole decision, not in a way of a committee. I had a brilliant boyfriend once who went to Stanford and graduated early. And he was like, there's a committee in my brain. Not that I don't want to say I'll say lower brain of that criticism or more of that what can lead to anxiety, depression, more of that socio stuff, which we all have in us. But that upper part of round table, I love you. What are we doing here? You know, what, how can we see this through and clear out and learn some of our childhood bonding or our old patterning that we learned with attachment to our parents 
or to our neighbors or to a first love. So that through is what our thoughts and our emotions, we cannot forget about those two things that maybe think of that as subconscious, more of our old physical memories is unconscious. And then what's conscious is that whole part we talked about in the upper third, maybe above the horizon line, above the waves. It's like the best sunrise sunset you've ever seen. And then they all work as one. And that's what you can hear and see in me. You just, that's integration. And there's the bridging again. So I love you just brought it all through. So many don't want to talk about it. Even many, I think on your podcasts in many ways with so much love, because we're still in the old guru model of you need to come to me. You need to come to me for God. I, you know, you need to come. I used to call it selling tickets to heaven or, you know, to all of it, the epiphanies. And even in our industry and culture, you need to come through me. And I will say in our administration right now, there's a phenomenal job of like, I am here at your side and I will do my part in my roles or our roles, but also you are, we're working with, you are an individual or a grown ASS person as well. So can you do that in yourself without shame or guilt? If there's guilt or shame, that's your old patterning. Let's, let's unpeel that. And that's so much good. You get rewarded quickly. And I'll just say, lastly, try not to sabotage or co-create unconsciously the same scenario again, because it feels, quote, safe or familiar. Oh, my God. And you don't have to rush one bit. Like, I'm just like receiving. There's so much that you just brought forward. So first off, I'm sure you're familiar with this and you're an Aquarius, but like, I feel like what you're speaking of just in this last little sentence is like the, the Aquarian age, like what we're birthing into. Um, how do you relate to being an Aquarius? Cause you, the way you shared to me and just your embodiment, I'm like, Oh my God, duh. Like, how did I not guess that? You know? <laughs> Yes, I'm so Aquarian. I have it in my sun, in my birth, and then in my or earth or, or sun, whatever we wish to call it. And then I have it in up the chart, but I don't have it in my moon and I don't have it in my rising, thank goodness. So I guess I'm a Virgo rising. I have a lot of Pisces and I have a little Aries in me, but the Virgo keeps me organized, which is probably the only reason I can move through these Aquarian times with not being, you know, high as a kite up in the sky. I have to work a lot to center and bring it back down. And that shows up in my writing sometimes. Um, I'll say though, because it reminds me of what I do on Instagram and a lot of places, I purposely stay in my Aquarian in the blue and purple of things to, br- to bring it up, not to confuse, not to make anyone mad or trigger, and some do, but just to say, can we bring some levity and just explore that because this is the time and age we're in. So can we let go? Can we just come a little more up the, you know, up the pole, or for some of you, it might be, can you be in the balloon, but with a string and someone can hold your string or your feet can hold your string or your base, but can we get up? And that's really the part of the brain and evolution that we had for a while. Can we turn those lights on? So that's key there. I have to have dear friendships and, um, And also that really that form of equality and exchange that I think everyone needs to have, like we talked about a moment ago, where really once we're about that 17, 18, we get it. You're independent. I'm independent. And then we can be interdependent together. So I really hold true to alchemy, alkalining, and that we're all brothers and sisters or all genders. We can add some more, you know, words and or 
words or inclusion in there that we have to be up here and we cannot go dip lower. We can't be in this codependent or depend that we're in that red and orange because that's once again the low brain, the reptilian or primal part. And no Aquarian lives there. Aquarians is anyone who knows one is, you know, really out there dancing in the moonlight a lot of times. So can we get a little more fun and joy? I've just owned that. And I'll say birthing three children without drugs, it's okay if you need a drug, but I'll just say the bravery of trying to move through what we would call pain, I think is so important in these times. We're hooked on, you need the pain. I don't believe pain is the way. I believe it's a way, but we're also codependent on pain, I believe. But if you get up in the upper regions of your brain or body, you're also witnessing pain and you can do visualization or breath work to stay ahead of the pain or make it be manageable with with your body, with the current moment. And I'll say it's probably so aquarium, but can we work with that and then get more water, get what we need, eat the food we need, apologize when we need, do not apologize when we do not need. That really regulates our pain body and gives us that rest and repair time in the day. And then all of a sudden, you're really integrated for these Aquarian times. So I know that was a long answer. I loved you listen, but I want to make it so real that if we can be brave and push forward a little bit, if it's childbirth, if it's hooking up with someone we've liked forever, if it's breaking up because we know we need to leaving a job, integrating with COVID and staying home a little more and working with our bosses from the beauty of our home or apartment, you know, getting a plant when we need a plant, all these things that are green or that centering will really bring you up and out and get people just moving in this Aquarian age that's in all of us. Babe, you don't have to say a word about it. You're, you could talk the whole, they hear me all the time. Like you're my guest, they're here for you. This is, this is so freaking beautiful. And I'm sure you guys, as you're listening, like you're, you have such a poetic, I feel like as a mystic, it's, it's healing for me to sit with another being who's just in their flow state, in their embodiment I feel like even though like I'm 34 and I've been into all this for a while, but it's like just to, I still notice when like I stop myself, but really allowing ourselves to be, cause that's to me like God or universe or whatever you want to say, creation, that's creation flowing through us, which is actually why we came. We just, there's so much density around. Right. But I wanted to touch on something just for any of my beauties who are listening in and they are unfamiliar with the limbic system, with the hemispheres of the brain, with the nervous system in general. I'm very obsessed with just nervous system healing. And I'll tell you that story sometime, but just, can you maybe give us like a little one-on-one on some of these terms and how we can relate to them in our body? Yes. Love you did that because I no way want to speak where someone's like, what is she, what is that? Because it's for all of us. And I've just been doing this a little while now. Um, I briefly spoke about the limbic briefly in a TEDx talk I did a while ago, which Originally, I was going to be the meditation break in between, and then I was even breastfeeding our third child. So it's a very simple talk for those of you that seen that one. We'll be doing another one. Um, but the limbic system and in, in base is your, like we said, midbrain or mammal part in evolution. It's the part that came after our primal or reptilian. And remember, we're always evolving. 
So there's going to be a new aspect soon enough. I think it's already coming in here. So all love, even if you don't understand, if we just relax and listen, your limbic nose, you know, you don't have to know the label, but the key to it, I believe is it's a part in your brain. You can look it up. It's L-I-M-B-I-C. But what's really big through your eyes, two eyes, and through your two ears, if you brought them back through and through side to side, they almost look like two earbuds and that's called your amygdala. And that's often known as the rat wheel or why we race. And then we end up looping and going south. The the amygdala in the limbic system in our mammal part of us that was evolved forever ago was really to keep us spatial from falling off a cliff, from being able to not bump into someone, not hurt someone, not hurt ourselves. It's a beautiful part of evolution, but it's overstimulated. And we've overstimulated with too much intellect, too much things coming at us. And we're not in the information age anymore. I, I love to read. I'm a big reader. I'll read one book at a time and sat and really sit with it for a couple of weeks often because we're getting too much every day. And then our amygdala is trying to process and release. So the limbic system, the amygdala loves meditation. It loves quiet because then the stuff leaves. I was talking once to the Dalai Lama's younger brother. He was here in Marin in Mill Valley because he had done a beautiful film on the Dalai Lama. We were actually disagreeing about the male and female brain. But a wonderful gentleman, Ken Burns, who some of you might know, looked at me across the table of about 18 people. And he's like, you have a very clear amygdala. He could tell because i it's the cadence you can hear in my voice. I'm centered. And being a psychic and centered is not easy because we're getting all this information coming at us a lot as well. I'm just saying if I can do it, anyone can do it. So the limbic also connects you to your executive thinking in the front, more toward the front of your brain, your penal gland. It's not completely the front. I know for those of you that are very technical, but the key that I often say is that in front of that and why we have to have our through in the limbic system is behind your two eyes and auxiliary. There's a space in front of the penal gland. And that's where I think our third eye is our higher sight is like a lighthouse and you can turn it on, just get up in that attic and open it up like a muscle, very purple. And I mentioned that here because if we don't have our limbic flowing, we can't bring the information through. We can't read it. We can't hear that voice because we're hearing an old voice. And I really teach a lot about deciphering. Is this coming in intuitively or is it more based off instinct and not to get too technical, but your limbic flushes. So your gut and heart can stay calm to receive information to be sometimes in what's called parasympathetic, which means the rest and repair where sympathetic is more of that, you know, action and movement and ways, but I'm simplifying this a lot, but I want, you know, why it's important here is we got to regulate that. And there's a beautiful thing called the vagus nerve. We love it's vagus. It's spelled different, but the vagus nerve connects through and you guys can look this up. That's the part that's very connected to your brain. And when people say, listen to your heart or follow your heart, It's really, I believe, connecting and keeping your limbic open and clear. It makes you so brave. It makes you smell bullshit in two seconds because it makes you see when people are instinctive or being in or lying because you really, my favorite part of this all is look through people's eyes. If they have an open limbic, they're openly human. They're not going to hurt you. Their eyes are more open, not bulging because that's usually a thyroid thing, which we talk about another time, but they're open. They see you. They mirror you. That is what you want. Even if you're in love with someone, you can often look at them and tell if their limbic is closed down. Then they're in the me, my, they're not in the we. And the limbic system really helps us become more all one and get between that duality thinking of, okay, if this is red over here. This is blue over here. Well, we joke a lot. Let's get to purple. 
right? Kind of that merging. And that's the feminine. Our brain knows how to tend and friend. And this is why we often can't have one night stands or we get attached and get blamed for a lot of things we're actually not doing. It's our brain and limbic. It's our humanist going like, oh, come in my nest or I'll weave with you. And that's your limbic. So you, it's in everyone. We were born with it. So you can pretend it's not there, but it's calling to us constantly, which is where we get nervous or anxiety, depression, because we're not regulating. We're not, we're deeper breathing when we're in our limbic, when we're in our primal, right? We all know we're shallow breathing. So there's so many somatics, there's physicality, there's physiology. It's all good. If you just open up a little, you'll get to know yourself. And then it regulates metabolism, maturity, hormones, pheromones, you know, all of it for all of us. And it really helps you in every aspect of your physicality. So it's real. It's good. It's like for lovers, but also for doers and beers and everything in between. Okay. So Jill, like when you said that you have, or that someone witnessed that in you, that you have a clear amygdala, I was like, that's totally it. Like you do like, and I feel like that's probably that feeling where when people are around you and they feel at ease, it's because there's an ease in your actual physiology. So I'm like geeking out and like really overly excited right now. I'm going to like take a, I'm an Aries. So I get very excited, but what you're, what you're moving us through here, are you familiar with Kundalini yoga? Because Kundalini has been a really big part of my life. I was an addict, which really was stemmed from, you know, a childhood trauma. And then when I turned 17 into 18, 19 is when I actually started realizing, shit, this is like, I have never processed this. It was all in the nervous system. So long story, very short, what you're describing to me is my healing journey that I didn't realize was going on when I started practicing Kundalini, because I remember like there was a visceral experience where multiple times where, because I was so consistently practicing, because it's not even like I got it, like the tur- like the white turbans and all the white and the chanting, like I was like, where am I? I was in LA. I had been there for a year. I was like, what is this? But it's crazy because I used to tell myself and I still, I feel this way. I'm like, that was the only thing that made me feel better. It was the only thing that got me out of that fight or flight. Um, you know, cause I used not because I was immoral. Like I used, cause I was suffering so badly. It was my only respite. It was like a connection to God. That was like a cheat code. So anyways, that's a lot to bring forward, but like, what do you like, are you into Kundalini? Like, let's just talk about that for a second. Let's talk about that. Okay. So our dear joint friend, Lily, who connected us in some ways will might be holding her breath at this form because I, I, I'm a huge yogi, have been for many decades, and I'm so yin, as many of you can tell, to a fault at times. So I'm really working on more of my yang in certain forms, more of my masculine and whatnot. But I will say, first off, so good that you found something that cleared or helped you deal or manage your addiction, and you are spot on. I want to say here, I one of the reasons I've come forward is it's so hard for me to see adults and anyone be labeled for a quote addiction. I think you guys are the brave ones. A lot of ways trying to go after your old pain, trying to clear it. You're at least knowing it's there in a lot of ways. And I, um, I will say, we do not talk enough about the system or the elders or the culture and society, the layers around the self that play a key role back to the four aspects. So anyone who's an addict, 
it's never 100% your fault. I'd say take 100% of your responsibility, but there are systems in place. Um, we've been in a time of patriarch, which supports the male with the most predominant skin tone. So that means women, children, and darker skin tones are out. We're minors, minority, and that's shifting now and balancing, but that's now. So everyone was a child. So it just takes, including males, you know, right into it that addiction is a lot of response energies coming at you. You couldn't clear it. There was no room for anger at the dinner table. You couldn't tell the truth or often you're told you were lying. There's so many aspects about addiction. So I send so much love and energy, especially for someone who tells the truth and is through it. Cause I think you're so through it. Most those that had big, strong addictions, I can tell right away, they don't have the calmness that you have, even if they've transferred it into writing books or leading or other things, they still have that that manic energy. And I just commend you. I don't feel that in you at all. So well done. You will lead so much here. That said, Kundalini, I, I've worked with um, a few beautiful people in Kundalini and, um, and I had a great counsel in Kundalini and I did a beautiful week long with, um, with, um, um, gosh, it's funny. It won't even come in. She's like the number one, right up, right under Yogi Bhajan. I knew as an intuitive Yogi Bhajan was not on the up and up uh, and I yes. knew he was abusing a lot of people from early on. So I took Kundalini to up or to burn off some energy or get centered. And, um, um, it's funny. Yeah. So it's funny. It's in a good way. I think protecting us not to say any other names that said Kundalini is an old patriarchal creation made by man. Let's just be honest. Cause I want to clear this for so many I've been in so many discussions that were perceived so wrong with even on other podcasts, because out of love, I'm saying it's part of the old model. It was a religion and a way of being that moved together in the U.S. under a ton of abuse of women and children. I just we have to be clear. We have to untangle that and then see what's left. But it's not about me being mad. The point is, because it's so masculine based, it hits your red yellow and blue energy centers. It gets you to speak louder. It gets you to use your gut or be more self-actualized of self. And it, it really, I found it to be a very unhealthy foundational thing like religion, right? You couldn't leave the nest and I witnessed it. And I honestly know those right under Yogi Bhajan, Yogi Bhajan comes in all the time with so much love and saying, I messed up. There's so many stories I have even here in Marin of taking a yoga class and the woman was under Yogi Bhajan. I didn't know, but I'm doing yoga and he's coming in. Tell her, I'm sorry. Tell her to change this word in the book. And then she pulled a book from her bag afterwards. I mean, so many great stories. So everything could be healed and cleared, but it needs to be cleared. And Kundalini is too masculine and it gets your nervous system too high, which is lovely. But don't you notice like an addiction away, you got to go right back to it to feel that high again. And I am big on, we have, we have sympathetic nervous system. We have that doing, but then we have another third of it. Cause I think it's in three parts, but another third is parasympathetic. We're rest and repair. And I've not seen many in Kundalini be able to rest and repair or see one another as equal. It's been very of the self and that I can't do. And that's part of my areas of like, can we be a balanced self? And get out of our own way that we're not that amazing and we don't need to be addicted to pleasure. And everyone I know that practices Kundalini is stuck in the red and orange chakra. 
right? So with so much love, I say this just to evaluate or bring more yin. And I, I think a lot of amazing feminine and Kundalini who hear this will say, yes, a women, amen, all let's just expand it. Just like every system, let's not exclude or cut everything. Let's just now have another lane and balance it out even in Kundalini. Oh my God. Like everything you just spoke is exactly how I feel because I was very involved in that world when I was in Los Angeles in my younger years. So everything you're saying, I completely, completely viscerally understand. And what's powerful is over the years, I, I went away from the practice, even though it was so shifting for me, but it was because eventually I knew intuitively, I had to find that yin heart centered, that green energy that you're talking about that could bridge all of this lower energy that really had helped me heal in a lot of ways, but then it was just imbalanced, which was really how I got myself into my mess in the first place. But that's been the magic of finding my teacher, Jai Day and practicing with him. Cause for so long, especially after everything about Yogi Bhajan came out, I, I was like, I'm done with this. But then what I realized is there were so many aspects about the practice itself and the things I'd experienced that were incredibly healing that were disassociated, or at least I was willing to disassociate from his identity and really witness how it could help me be the greatest teacher and then finding a teacher that I resonate with. But that is, you know what? It is so fascinating to me. And especially as I mentioned, by the way, you living in Marin, it's one of my favorite places in the entire universe. My aunt and uncle used to live there. And, you know, being in Los Angeles for so long, I feel like there were so many, like there were so many things that that city, um, alchemized for me in the most shadowy ways. Like there were so many things I was there for 12 years from being like a baby child, you know, a 20, 21 year old to being a 30, I left when I, you know, 33 years old, it's like my Jesus year. So it's been remarkable to see how to move through these unique spaces and then still choose like this knowing inside of myself, if that makes sense. So I'm just like, wow. That you just said choose is like the word of this, this hour in time. That is it. And we teach, I choose is fifth energy center. And it literally is age 28 to 35. You can come into it in a whole way, even in your brain understanding and your being. And I will say this, I went, I chose Los Angeles right out of college. Um, I, I was going into publishing and I could read air a lot and I could edit as well. That's probably my Virgo, right? But I um, chose, it was San Fran or LA and I chose LA, but I went right to Manhattan beach and went to the ocean. And I'll say it is called the city of angels for a beautiful reason. And um, I love anyone who aspires and goes there and tries because it's creative and there's energy there. And Manhattan Beach now gets a bit of a bad rap. And I understand why it's changed a lot. Marin is changing a lot. You know, we're in Mill Valley, which I thought was this great music, organic, chill, chill, almost, you know, Bhutan town. And it's not, but that's also what happened to, you know, the city and and LA, the affluence and whatnot, because it's so beautiful. And I'll just say anyone who braves LA, and I think everyone should, you learn so much about yourself. And I think the key is, can you choose to get from get through your independence or what we joke is high school, trusting yourself, having these great experiences. And then you go into interdependent or the heart 
And that's also known as marriage. And then you're ready because you're whole. And then you create a whole person. Then you choose. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't want to say elder in a negative way, like a big sister, like a lover of like, we're good. And we got this even when COVID hits, even when things happen in nature, nurture, balance. And um, I'll say here with the choose, I often say we're co-creating a lot. So many in our world say that it's meant to be the universe has it. Well, we are the universe first off, or just know that universe is in our lungs or with us. But also what we choose to do creates a lot of human man-made things. COVID was man-made. Our last presidency was man-made. He brought it in through thought. So we all know that thoughts become things and we have free will as humans. So if we choose to do more of these whole things we've talked about, use our limbic, use, witness our primal or, oh, I do that because I learned to do that. Or that reminds me of my mom or dad with love. When we heal that space, this is going to be such a new different world and everything's included, including all the aspects we've already learned. We'll take the good and we'll take the natural, even from Kundalini, our own body, our own everything, our own choices, and we'll work with that. And it would just change so much naturally and in our nurturing and nurture. And that, you know, that I think a lot of people then experience, they've never wanted to go to LA, LA, they will. They've never wanted to spend a month in France. They will. They want to drink coffee in a new way. They will, you know, they'll learn for themselves and not this following the herd that's so red and orange. And I was about to say inherent in us, but I don't think it's inherent. It's just so trained. And now all the, all the um, connection and nooses have been cut. And we, it's like, we're all many of us in privilege and affluence who are Caucasian and whatnot. We've been cut from this, like being tied to a tree. You can think of being a horse or a sheep, but we don't know that we've been cut loose because we just stayed in our patterning and our old beliefs and our old larger organization and we're way under so we're not even near choice or let's go brave LA for a week or a month or a year just try just cut it open and see what happens on the in the wildness of it and that's for all genders and whatnot but I will say for those that are minority or small group that get beat up on they don't have that same choice so that's for us to show up and be safer for others who are minority to be safe and secure, to have healthy relationships, to have choice. So I, I want to make it clear that we, you know, if you're in a majority, even in a large group, you have a lot of power to change for someone who is more isolated and as a mammal can be attacked. Um, so just food for thought there about safety. Can we come up in our security so we can bring others along? So everyone has more choice. That's, that's whole and centered and of love. I, I believe so deeply that spirituality is not to get in those like upper chakras and forget that you incarnated to be a change. Like every, like I'm, I'm very into, I'm very into the idea of this soul. I'd actually love to hear what you think about this. The soul being this indestructible energy. We come into these unique experiences time and time again to grow and evolve. But I think the thing I love about I I said this earlier, but like the spiritual practitioner is that it's not to check out from what is actually occurring. And you mentioned the word bypassing, um, how 
and and I've been completely like, I will be fully transparent, especially in my evolution where I just wanted to be completely disassociated from the human experience as much. That's actually what my addiction was rooted in was just that fear of being here and then just wanting to ignore everything and yet feeling everything so deeply. And so what I, I'd actually love your perspective on that. How can we be a lot of women in my work, a lot of women in my community, we're mirrors of each other. We're fierce and strong, but we're also deeply sensitive and empathic. And we want to make change. We want to shift the world, but sometimes the density of what goes on feels completely it can feel like, well, where do I fit into all of this? What is, what are your thoughts? Around oh that my thing? gosh. That's so brilliant. So beyond. And look what the light's doing. It's unbelievable. It's like energy is celebrating. We're here together, whatever we think that is. I mean, it's unbelievable. We're getting a lot of, you know, hallelujahs or whatever. Wants. A lot of good it. signs, right? Cause I want you touched on a couple of things that are so beautiful. And so we'll just go in a row. Cause I really hope everyone's really listening and following. We'll make it simple. Being authentic, if we can look at being authentic as being independent, that's key. Not independent where we think that we're amazing or better. Truly authentic means, you know, we're a part of nature and we're but a small grain of sand as well. But we take responsibility for our grain of sand or our spot on the world because we're mammals. Everyone affects each other. We don't not affect each other. Even if we go hide, we affect loved ones because they worry or we affect our own body, right? So let's bring that authenticity to third energy center and getting, like we talked about, full circle through a mature high school feeling where we know we have our best friends and we're, we were all codependent on each other about age seven, eight through 13, 14, but now we can be independent and be like whole in our mountain. And then they're a mountain. And then we start, that's where quality begins because we stop competing or stealing from another's mountain. So that said, we can all do that, all genders. And I think everyone listening here is probably over the age of 17. And if they're under the age of 17, they're so wise that they get this if they're on this podcast, right, listening. But most of us are stuck in second chakra in the orange. And that's very common and understandable because our culture keeps us in codependent. You're not whole unless you have something external, whether it be a label, a clothing, a food, a group. And we're stuck there. Our last president was very orange, as some have heard me say. You can start to read it. And if we're not orange, we're also often very red. We're angry. We're insecure. We're immature, right? We're explosive. We're young, right? So there we are there. So authenticity would be getting into your gut and really managing your instincts, really managing. I could go like, you know, you know pillage that, but I'm not going to, because I know better, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to do a little better here. It's really getting into that authenticity. So, and that's just being authentically you. And that's what our culture and economy often did not want, but we're having, even as we speak, there've been cyber attacks on gas lines and on a lot of things. And even with COVID we're being proven, you have what you need for the most part. And if you have more, give it to those who don't have the need, we really need to clear the red out and we're not doing it right. We really need to clear more of that. Um, no matter what you believe in politically. Um, that said, because that's just understanding that we're independent and wait a second, we can help. It's almost like being in high school and going back to elementary school to say, say no to drugs, but you also can't do drugs and say, say no to drugs. You gotta be walking it. So the reason I mentioned this here is that's tough. A lot of people don't want to face it, especially in the spiritual or scientific world, or you know, they're the president of a company or or even in tech or in a university, but they're having an affair, you know, behind the scenes. So we're in such a truthful time. We just got to start telling the truth and it will be more supported. 
So even if you had old memory that you were like thrown out, no, the truth is celebrated now. So you can come forward. You'll be mortified in the short term, but long, it, you it, that'll soon clear. That's just the imbalanced ego, right? But it's hard to move through that. You'll, you might have a visceral reaction, like sweating, not wanting to do it, but you do it anyway. I often say I would shake my head no and be like, yes, I will, including getting on any stage. I was very introverted. My husband was more the extrovert. He's out in the world. So I was hiding a ton as well. So I get this. I truly do. And we all do it and we're all working on it. But that said, I want to say for all the humans that are so empathic, we had to hide it or we had to make it very feminine. And what ends up ha- are very soft and supportive, you know, oh, they're they're the key of the show. I'll be number two. I'll be in the backseat or passenger. That has to be over because that is a form of codependence and non-healthy. I don't like the term boundary. I'll say non-healthy awareness. And for us to be able to express ourselves and our authenticity, we have to be aware first and aware this is my body. I have to make choices that help that. So a lot of times what we call empathic is really being a little too codependent on clients or on attention or on numbers. And once we regulate that, which is our sexual organs or second energy center, once we regulate that infinity sign or that to someone we get centered and integrated, watch how so much will open up. And we can do that by deep breathing in both lungs, using both nostrils, any, the feminine energy centers, here we are again. So it is non-yang here. It's slowing down and letting the stuff come up. Be like, whoa, I really was unkind to my sibling. I used he or she. Whoa, I used my mom or dad. I used a mate. I used my students. I used my master, all of it. It's that centering and you can think of a plus sign and that's where we're getting into the heart or the four chambers of the heart. That's the coming up. So being authentic or moving through and regulating our gut instinct is key. And lastly, I'll say, you can probably tell some of you that I believe intuition and instinct are in two different spaces. So for those listening in LA who love the Lakers, we're talking purple and yellow and we're talking about partnership. And partnerships have been so irregular for centuries, you know, in or, or decades or a couple hundred years in our culture, we've made it binary partnership and even marriage has meant ownership. So we're clearing out layers that aren't even us, but it was the water that moved through us. It's the electric fences we were put in. So be super compassionate. Do not get on yourself to be like, wow, I was codependent there. Wow. I need to be more independent here. Even I last year looked around, I'm like, I never thought I was codependent. I was so in the heart. And I saw a couple aspects where I'm like, look at you, Jill, thinking you're a grown ass woman and you are codependent. You got to knock that off. And then you create shift when you witness because you start to notice you defy yourself. And we, our body knows when we defy ourselves. So that's when the adrenaline, cortisol, insulin happens or your hormones are not regulated or you have penile dysfunction or penis dysfunction, I should say, because your body knows, even if you're trying to trick yourself, that's all intellect. The body's like, nope, because it responds to what we do, think, say, and choose. So being authentic and that that pull to orange and yellow, I think is going to be our greatest gold. And then you can think of the golden gut and then the heart and gut can work together. And I'll say here too, energy can move off the heart that way. So when, I mean, as a mother and as a sister, I'm looking around at all this, the gun violence, three children, you know, I... It's so hard being a female in our culture and a mother and a, and a true woman, I'll say this way. And so I need to use my gut, my authentic authenticity to burn energy off the heart, off the shoulders, off the back of the neck, off the chest. 
get my lymphatic moving. And if we're tight or we're stuck in the past or in low patterning or too empathetic where we're stalled or stuck or frozen, then we can never get into that regulating the heart and the gut and being in that limbic flesh again. So I know that was a lot, but I think we just nailed it all right there. That was really the through. We nailed it all. I, I love, I know we're, we're getting to the top of our time here. I would love for you to tell everyone where they can find you, how they can work with you. I know you have a book called intuitive being, um, yeah. How can I, you're such a gift, Jill. Thank you for your power and your presence and just the way you've brought everything forward. I feel just so, I feel very integrated just witnessing it. So thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate that. And I want to say to you, before I say this, you listening and holding space and letting it receive through That's why I wanted to say the nail or the centering. I think we pulled it all the way through. Thanks so much to you holding space. And I can't thank you enough. Truly, that is two and more. We're better together. And it's really beautiful hours. So intuitive beings, the book, the next book is on the nervous system and will be an easier read in a lot of ways. It's called The Well. And um, and then you can find me on Instagram at Jill underscore Willard. You please reach out if you want a reading. We have a sliding scale. I'm back to doing readings as I finish editing the book. And we just closed our big, our beautiful office in Manhattan Beach and Marin. We do a lot of work up here, but I am here. We can do Zooms or however you wish. So my uh, my beautiful right and left wings can help with that. And you can um, email us at assistant.jillwillard at gmail.com or DM anything we do, which is intuitive.meditation on Insta and present.program on Insta as well. But I'm here and I thank you, love. This was such a joy and an honor and let's keep going. Oh let's have joy. And my, <laughs> my intuition is like, ask Jill, just as we close yes. this up, if I can, if just like Please. one more minute, how yes. can we take care of our nervous systems? Oh, I love you for saying this most right now, feel your feet when you can almost press them down as you're listening, um, even in bed and deeper breathing, especially that present breathing or whatever you want to call it. When you inhale, pause, we often say a light and full balloon in your lungs and exhale. And you can do three, four, seven, you can do four, 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 it, your one, one person's numbers will be another one's, you know quickness or slowness. So start to get to know yourself quieter time, even if it's a minute a day and really realize you're your own best friend. And everyone has angels and people who've passed away all around them always. So you're so loved, even if you didn't experience it, unfortunately, when you're young and clear your attachment theory or your attachment to when you were little, learn how your parents treated you and clear if it was insecure or voidant or any of the others, just do your work to forgive and clear that because that sets all your patternings free or so many patternings free. And then you can witness when you get into it, but you know, it's not you. Such a joy. Love you, Jill. Thank you I so love much. You. I love you as well, friend. Okay. Bye, you guys. Sounds love good. you. If this episode has served you, I ask you to share it, to send it to someone where it could make a big difference 
and and help them heal or create a new perspective in their life please tag me with your shares um, something you learned from this episode or that you loved from this episode at natalia underscore benson on instagram also please dm me with questions or feedback or whatever i love to stay in touch with you thank you so much for your support consider subscribing to this podcast leaving me a five-star review so we can continue to grow together thank you so much i will see you very soon thank you